Hello, I'm Eric DeVinner. Welcome to a special edition of the Get Friendship on News Preview Show. Today, the first part of the program, we'll put a special focus on Ligue 2. And to do that, we have a trio of guests from Football Radar. I'd like to welcome Max Qualch-Wools and Will Gain, and from Meatman Soccer, Steve Wiss. Now, before we get into the program, just a few news bits here. On Tuesday, Angers reached their first Coupe de France final in 60 years with a dramatic home win over Dango. Bohus had led 1-0 for much of the match, but Alexandre Letelier's dramatic penalty save from Jimmy Briand preserved the margin for Carl Toko Okambi made it 2-0 at stoppage time. Yesterday, Paris Saint-Germain joined Lisco in the final with a 5-0 win over Monaco. Ligue 1 leaders played a decidedly rotated side with Andrea Raji and Valerie Germain, the only regulars being included in Leonardo Jardim's 30-11. While the Monaco youngsters were valiant in their efforts, forcing a handful of good saves from Alphonse Ariola, the match was largely one-way traffic. And the final for Angers and PSG is set for May 27th at the Stade de France. Also, the UNFP today announced the finalists for their Player of the Year awards. There's going to be William Cyprian, Thomas Lamar, Kylian Mbappe, and Adrian Rabiot. No surprise for young players. They have a new award this year. It's Best Overseas Players. The nominated for that are N'Golo Kante, Antoine Griezmann, Usman Dembele, and Karim Benzema. For Keeper of the Year, there's Daniel Subasic, Anthony Lopez, Kevin Trapp, and Baptiste Rene. Manager of the Year, Unai Emery, Lucien Favre, Jocelyn Gorbanek, Leonardo Chardin. And for Player of the Year, Edith Cavani, Bernardo Silva, Marco Verratti, and Alexander Lacazette. That is all the news for now. Do be sure to follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Visit our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and rate and review us on iTunes if that is the platform to which you're listening to this program. So there were, of course, course, players nominated in those same categories in League 2 as well, but that's why we brought in the experts today to talk about that. Thanks for coming on, gents. Uh, as preface, League 2 has a reputation of being a rather dour division, low on goals and somewhat dull if that's what you're after. But we've seen a very close race for promotion this year and not a few surprises. Steve, I'd like to start with you. Uh, Strasbourg are a club with a really storied history. Uh, they've been in League uh, for most of their time as a professional club. Uh, but they are they are a recently promoted side. The investments that the likes of Brest, Roms, and Lens have made uh, now has a team that was in the CFA four years ago. How have they brought themselves back from the brink, back to the brink of a return to the top flight? Hi, Eric. Hi, everyone. Um, well, uh, it's it's not a total shock to me to see a team coming up from the uh, national division and and getting a promotion because actually in in five of the last seven years that has that has happened. And in fact, three teams even went up as champions. Uh, Mets and uh, Bastia included there, and it could easily happen again with Strasbourg right now. Um, at the turn of the century, this was a club going well, um, a solid league uh, uh, outfit. I think they won the Coupe de France in 2001, Coupe de la Ligue in 2005, uh, and then it just kind of went downhill. They they got into financial trouble, and, and it was a downward spiral. I think in 2011, they were relegated um, to the CFA 2 division, which is about Tier 4. Two straight promotions um, and then a couple of solid years in the Ligue Nationale. And then they finally managed to get promoted last year under a different manager, um, I may um, add. Uh, a bloke called Jackie Dugaparu, a bit of a legend at the club. They were a very, very solid defensive team last year. But they completely changed their approach by hiring a new manager, Thierry Lore, who got promoted uh, with GFC Ajaccio last time he was in Ligue 2. And to be fair, they, they did give a good fight of themselves last year, didn't they, GFCA, Eric? I think you'd probably agree there. Um, so yeah. I think he was a pretty good addition. And, um, you know, I think they've been right up there, sort of in the top five or six right since the start of the season, really. It didn't surprise me an awful lot. Um, they invested well. They got some good players in. And, um, you know, they seem to be coming good at the right time of the season now with uh, a lot of momentum, Eric. 
Yeah, the thing that, that I noticed with Strasbourg is that they seem to have brought in some older players, uh, likes of a, maybe a Felipe Saad, Kelly Butaib, players that have have at least some league on experience. Do you think that's part of their key, or is it just Delore has has got things right tactically? Well, I think they have a, a pretty good squad, really. They, um, I mean, you could argue there's one or two key players, but I think they've got a really good bulk uh, in in all areas of the field, um, you know, if they got an injury somewhere, the next player can come in and do a pretty good job. Um, especially strong, I think in the midfield uh, department. I mean, you've got a guy called uh, Vincent Nogueira, who was superb in MLS last season for Philadelphia. He can't even get on the bench anymore. Uh, you know, that is how strong this uh, squad is. They signed a really good player in January, uh, Jean uh, Hulu from Orlean. He's been a rock in the middle of the park. I think there's a good blend of players, experience, youth, um, good technical players, and a manager who seems to get the best out of everyone at this level of football, Eric. Great. Well, I wanted to ask you about another somewhat of a surprise package, Neem. That's The Southern team have faced issues with the DNCJ in the past, including an eight-quick penalty last season. But the hard work seems to have them in good stead, even as they're one of seven sides chasing promotion. What's been the key to their success this season? Um, it's it's strange with Neem because they obviously they had this um, they had this points deduction last year and they just about they were looking like they were going to go down at one stage um, and then they at the turn of the year they sacked their manager and they got they they promoted from their youth ranks a guy called Bernard Blacar who was just in their um, just in their like formation so just in their um, coaching the reserves and he obviously had a good rapport with all the players because they've got a hell of a lot of young players in there and immediately they all took to him and all the players are talking to the media and the press about how much they kind of feel this, they put this bond with this guy and they clearly listened to him. And they started at the end of uh, last year, they actually finished, uh, I think they finished in uh, 10th or 9th place at the end of last year after actually having this huge point deduction. So they basically just carried on from where they left off last year. Um, they kind of started off this year quite well, looking in the top 10, looking they were on the course of kind of like a top 10, top eight finish. Um, but they've just motored on from there. They've actually now been the best, they've got the best form in the calendar year of 2017. Um, they've only lost once in 2017. They went on a really good unbeaten run of like 11 games, which at this level is quite unprecedented, really, because if you see in the league, you take a glance at the league, it's so tight, as demonstrated by how many people can, how many teams can still actually be promoted. Um, so if you are able to string together that amount of wins, certainly, which they did, then you're on the right track. Um, and it looks like at the moment, the momentum's really with them. As I say, they've only lost once in 2017. Um, they're the best away side in the league. They're the top of the form table in 2017. Um, and it's just basically the simple things like by set of 11, they're very comfortable in switching between 4-4-2 and 4-3-3. Um, the only thing I would say about Neem that I do worry about now is they've got a big injury list. Um, they lost their star man Rashid Alawi, who was absolutely smashing it really before he got quite a bad injury. He's, um, he fractured his ankle and it's the season over him. That happened back in March. Uh, they also had a guy called Theo Valls, who's only 21, again, came through the academy. Um, he's been converted from a left-back to a D-mid. Um, and he was playing really well, really solid in the middle. Now he's been injured. Um, and also they've got another winger called Slimani Sissoko, who's also injured. So it's kind of like if they get one or two more suspensions or injuries, they're looking a bit thin on the ground. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really genius about what the formula success have been. They've just got a manager that clearly has fostered a good environment there. Um, and they're very comfortable in switching between different systems, which, if you can be consistent at this level, you'll go a long way. All right. Well, I want – or, sorry, Max, I wanted to ask you about Amiens. Uh, Neem and Strasbourg have some history, having been in Liga for a lot, if not most of their time. But 
I mean, I have never been in the top flight. And even if they've fallen away in the cast last couple months, they're still just a point off third. What can you tell me about this club's history and also what they've done right this season? Well, uh, Ariana really in the uh, best period of their existence, to be honest. Um, this season, their uh, most uh, notable accomplishment was the 2001 Coup de France final, where uh, they in fact lost some penalties to uh, Strasbourg. But um, yeah, they've existed in the lower divisions predominantly. And But after coming up from the national last year, they've really just carried on where they left off. They didn't really change the style of play. They just improved the depth of the side. They brought in uh, uh, Calvé, Debasti, Charrier, and Manzala. And then they had a, a Ndombele who came, uh, came from the reserves, who was a bit of a revelation. And so they, they've kept the same core of players, but really just added depth in other areas. Um, so they've had a couple of bad injuries. Uh, Ngosso, Cornet, uh, Fontaine's been out pretty much all system, season. Sorry. But it's not disrupted them. They've been able to have other players come in and fill the gaps. Um, Chariot was an important addition as well uh, from a tactical perspective because they probably played 4-4-2 last year. And uh, Chariot was the guy that allowed them to play a slightly different 4-2-3-1. And uh, like uh, Will alluded to earlier, if you've got that slight tactical variation, um, it, can be, it can be a handy uh, thing to have going away from home against a slightly stronger team where you can hit them on the break. They, they, they really played a quite exciting brand of attacking football, which they carried on from last season, and they've been a pleasure to watch. Um, a few people thought that perhaps the tin on in January, but their form has been just as good in the second half of the season. In fact, I think it's been uh, better. I think they're top three for form in the second half of the season, so it's not, not derailed their progress. And you can see, like in their previous fixture, their uh, surprise 3-2 win at Brest, result anywhere. So they're a real dangerous side coming into the last four games and they've got a favourable run-in as well. We've got Ajaccio and Laval at home. Uh, Socho away and you feel that Socho are safe so they might not be uh, too highly motivated. And then Rims away from home and it could be a make or break fixture at the end of the season. So there's every chance that they could... Uh, Alright, before we turn our attention to individual awards, I wanted to ask each of you as well for your disappointment of the season. Looking at the table, we see recognizable names like Ozair, Socho, and Valenciennes standing out. But could it even be a team higher up the table like Rams? Well, I'll start with you on this. Uh, yeah, you've, you've pretty much nailed my selection there, Eric. Mine, um, mine is Rams straight away without any shadow of a doubt. Um, I was kind of by other people that work at Football Radar and just obviously through general football knowledge, you kind of just anticipate Rams coming down um, and then being able to come straight back up with the kind of size of the club they are, same, much the same as Lons. But as is the case in, in England, for example, um, kind of stinks a bit of complacency when they've come down and, and for me, not properly invested. Um, they have a few notable um, signings, which I thought were actually really good. They bought, he's actually, as just alluding to later on, he's probably going to be one of my centre-backs, um, Julian Janvier, um, who was signed from, uh, signed from, he was on loan at Red Star. Uh, last year and they signed him permanently I think from Lille in the summer and he's been excellent um, along with Anthony Weber at the back Anthony Weber sorry and then both goalkeepers are very competent they've got Johan Caressa and Edouard Mendy who kind of interchangeable this season um, but the main thing about Rams is the uh, as I'm sure you guys will know and many other people will know in French football the, the guy the manager Michel Desencarian, Um pretty much impossible to second guess in terms of what he's going to do 
very, very frosty and hostile relationship with the media, the fans, and basically anyone inside the stadium when he's at home. Um, the amount of times the cameras just panned to him and he's just been trying to G up the crowd, but basically being belligerent rather than actually trying to motivate them like you would see most normal managers do. Um, but yeah, squad selection has been very, very strange, sort of rotated in the middle of the season between like a 3-5-2 or 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. Um, and their problem's been scoring goals. They brought in a guy called Ibrahim Abalde, who was um, once of uh, Krasnodar fame, um, and he's done very little, basically had a lot of fitness issues, never really looked fit, hasn't really settled to life in France all that well. Um, and now you've got two young guys playing up front for Rams, Greg Jonquier and uh, Remy Udin, who isn't really a striker at all, he's like a converted winger. Um, so yeah, their problem's been scoring goals, as is the case a lot of the time in Ligue 2, um, and their consistency this season has been non-existent really whilst other teams have kind of rocketed up the league like Strasbourg, Brest, Nîmes, Lons they kind of they lose one but then they back it up with another three or four wins Rams have never really been able to do that um, before Christmas they had a good couple of results and I think they got in the top three before Christmas but they've always been chasing they've never taken control um, and the fans have obviously voiced their frustration um, you've now got one of their key midfielders Jabagun Kankava who's a Georgian international he's, uh, he's cited mental weakness so he's refusing to play um, so there's all sorts going on, um, and they, for me, I, they're seventh now. They're three points away from the third place playoff, and I still don't think they'll even make that. To be honest, sounds like Michel Desjardins is continuing on the trail of bad blood that he left yeah. nuts with. Yeah, um, exactly. Steve, what about you? Who, who's who, uh, what club has been the most disappointing for you this year? Well, I think it's a toss-up between three: um, Le Havre, Sochaux, or, or Rams, and. Um, Will's made a, a very good uh, case there for Rams. The, the, the one thing I would say right now, they, they still could technically turn it around and get promoted. I don't believe they will either, but you never know. They still might um, find a way maybe into the third-place playoff and go up. Um, I'm going to have to say Le Havre myself, though. Um, I thought before the start of the season, they had the best squad uh, on paper all round. Uh, at that point in time, I thought they had the best manager in Bob Bradley. We all know what happened there. Um, maybe you could let them off a little bit because you know, obviously he left them. But at that point in time, I didn't think they were that great anyway. And um, since then, guys come in, the second in command, Oswald uh, Tanko, and um, he hasn't really impressed me much, to be honest. Uh, he should be doing far more uh, with this squad. Um, I think he's made some questionable team selection. And, and to say that they're only in mid-table right now, it, it's, it's, it's quite ridiculous. Um we saw them on Monday night against Lons, uh, beating them 1-0. And that's the sort of performance I expected more from them this season. Uh, but they're... Um, yeah, I think the hard... They say, so many weapons on paper. Ninth place right now simply isn't good enough. They're not going to get any higher than eighth. So, um, yeah, I would say Le Havre, uh, Sosho or Reims. I'm just going to edge it towards Le Havre. All right, Max, what about yourself? I'd have to agree with Steve. Uh, Le Havre, my pick as well. Um, last season, they very narrowly missed out on promotion. And I think people thought that this season, they'd get it right. They've got a, a good core of kind of experienced players at this level with uh, Bonnet and Fontaine, Ayas. That looks like a real top-draw midfield for this level, and especially with Duhamel and Yunbe up front. They look to have... But they just it didn't never really convinced. And... Like Steve said, even under Bradley, they didn't look like they were doing enough. They didn't. Then, to be honest, I think Bradley left at the right time. He's kind of saved face by going on to 
well, I'd say Bingham did, I think, too well for him, did it? But he kind of saved face at the half by jumping shit before he kind of failed to deliver on his promise. I think the most disappointing thing for me was they didn't, I don't think they added enough. They brought in a couple of, not really kind of given them opportunities or they've not really made an impact. Like they brought in um, Tissudali at the start of the season from Dutch football. He looked like an exciting prospect and just didn't get an opportunity. And similarly, they brought in Asifur in January and he's made a handful of substitute appearances and that's it. So it has been, been disappointing, definitely. They, they've not challenged what we thought they would. All right, so let's let's look at some of the awards then. The UNFP have nominated Bernard Blackar of Nîmes, Alain Casanova of Lens, and Jean-Marc Forlan of Brest, as well as Thierry Loret of Strasbourg. Uh, first of all, two-part question then for each of you. Is anyone missing from that list? And then who would you have as your manager of the year? Max, let's start with you. Well, I think first off, missing from the list would be uh, Christophe Pellissier. I mean, Amiens have been absolutely fantastic, and I don't think anyone would disagree with that he deserved a nomination if he were to make the list. Um, personally, I would go for Blackheart and Nimes. I think they've been an exciting team to watch. They've uh, played some good attacking football. And what really impressed me with Nimes is the fact that they were able to replace some big names that departed mm-hmm. um, with players that just kind of stepped in and carried on, uh, carried on the momentum. I mean, they lost Mooney and Cora. And then in comes Aliu and uh, Kuwaku, and they're doing like you know just as well, if not better. So you know, sometimes I mean, that's the big thing about league Dura is that end of the season, you you can lose a couple of big players, and it completely changes the dynamic of the team. Whereas here, they've they've lost a couple of big players, and it didn't change a thing. They carried on exactly where they uh, finished off last season. And as Will said, they look like they're the team that's got the momentum to uh, to to really uh, grab that promotion. All right. Well, what about yourself? How does that list look to you, and who would you have as your winner? Uh, yeah, t- to be honest, I totally agree with what Max has said. Um, I think that was unfortunately that I kind of had um, names of my team at, at Football Radar, so they're kind of my I, I kind of fly the uh, the flag for them basically around the office, saying uh, yeah, watch Neem, watch Neem. When people try and tell me that that league does a boring league, so Black Eye was always my the one that I was that I was championing, um, just because it's kind of a bit of a romantic story coming up through obviously the formation and basically I think um I think Neem were gonna be subject to some financial fines um at the start of this season because Black Eye hadn't completely uh, finished all of his badges that were required by the um by the FFF. So it's like another thing which obviously you wouldn't expect to happen in professional football, but this guy was basically had so little professional experience of management and then he comes in and obviously absolutely killing it um, with this small group of players. But as Max said, they've invested really well, bringing in Rashid Aloui and obviously Christian Kouaku. Um, those two players, as Max said, replaced Munier and Kuro, who are now playing in the Ligue 1. Um, and yeah, so just, just to foster that kind of environment, it's a bit of a fairy tale story. I'm not entirely sure if they'll be able to see it all the way through, but I mean, even if they make the playoffs or even if they finish in the top six, it's still an incredible season to do with the resources they've got. Um, so yeah, I think Black R again for me. Steve, any dissenting opinion for you or anybody missing from those nominees? Well, first of all, whatever the UNFP have been smoking, I wouldn't mind a piece of it. I mean, what? how on earth does Alan Casanova get on that list? Um, <laughs> I mean, realistically, they would have to 
for him to be on the list, there'd have to be about 10 points clear for me. He's at the biggest club. He's got the biggest resources, really. And, and he's probably yeah. got the biggest reputation. So I've no idea how on earth he gets on the list. Uh, for me, it's quite simple. Christophe Pellissier should be on the list and he should get manager of the year. Um, Amiens, uh, you, you know, going into the season, I think most people would have predicted them to go down, you know. So um, to get them this high up and in with a chance of promotion right now, um, for me, the vote would go to him. I just want to mention one other manager who I think deserves a mention, uh, Jean-Louis Garcia from uh, Troyes, another yep. team which perhaps, um, you know, I don't think too many would have expected them to rebound in the top six. Um, you know, this is not to the same extent of Amia, but, um, you know, I think he's done a quite a good job to steady a Troyes ship, which was so, um, well, it sank right to the bottom of the ocean, didn't it, last year in Liga. So fair play to him. Um, yeah, and obviously I've got to give a mention to Bernard Blackar. Um, what a great job he's done at Nîmes. So, if it was for me, it would be between Blackar and Pellissier. I would personally give it to Pellissier because I think he's just done a hell of a job. I mean, taking a team that many would think rock bottom into the promotion race. A hell of an achievement. All right. Moving on now to our team of the year. Uh, for goalkeeper of the year, we have uh, the UNFP's nominees are Nicolas Duchet. Uh, Fabian Farnol from Le Havre, Regis Gertner from Amiens, and Joan Hartok from Brest. So, but for you, gents, the expert observers, Max, I'll start with you. Anybody missing from that list, and who would you have? Um, it's a it's a decent list. I, I I've been pretty impressed with uh, Rufi Mandanda this season, but it, it's it's one of these things. He he looks good because he's had a lot to do. So, you know, sometimes if they 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 tend to pick a, a team with a better defensive record um, rather than someone that's, you know, standing out every week. But I I was pretty torn between Farnall and uh, Gertner, and I've, I've just edged it to Farnall because, I mean, <laughs> to contradict what I've just said, Lahav do have the best defensive record in the league. So, <laughs> But um, he's been a big part of it, so Farnall for me. Well, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I was, I was going to leave this one to the boys, really, because for me it was... Um, it was between um, Artok and Duche, but I kind of, I'm a bit, as, uh, as Steve said about Casanova, he should have done a lot better with his resources. I kind of get a bit resentful of watching Lons because they're such a huge club and they just keep bottling it. They keep, after they give three to four good results and then just, they do something like on Monday when they were just absolutely terrible. And then prior to that, he lost one nil at home to Auxerre. So I don't really want to give it another Lons player um, in my team. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to go with with Farnall, though, with Max, I don't want to give it to uh, to Duche. Probably okay. <laughs> there, Steve. What about yourself? Uh, I would personally give it to Johan Hartog. Um, I think he he's made some crucial, crucial saves for Brest this year. He's probably been worth up to maybe ten points to them. Um, there was a period, maybe a, maybe a month or two ago, where he was just like a brick wall; nothing could get through him. Uh, it was quite ridiculous, that game against Rams away. I think it was one all, and Rams should have scored about five or six. It was crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a case for all these goalkeepers on this list. I think it's not a bad representation of them, really. And, and obviously, I think I agree, Fabian Farnold's been excellent for, for La Havre. But, um, you know, Brest have been at the top of the table. Um, there's been a lot of pressure on their matches. And I think Hartok's come up really big. Uh, in some crunch games and they're going to need him to keep coming up big uh, in the last four matches if they want to go up so yeah he would be my call but i don't think there's a clear standout in this particular um market all right so we can say fornal as, as a consensus or do, do we want to lean towards <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'd agree with Steve. I, I think it's you could pick any one of the keepers here, and it wouldn't really be um, that different. It's been a pretty tight contest, tight because of a level of quality as opposed to a lack thereof. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, there have been some good keepers this season, but um, uh, I'll, I'll give you Hartog if you considering you both are all going to go for him, so you can have Hartog in there if you like. All right, so Johan Hartok is our consensus keeper of the year in League 2. Uh, turning now to right back, uh, Max, we'll start with you. For me, it's uh, got to be Junior Sambia of, uh, of New York, sorry. Um, he was a centre mid by trade, but um, he'd been converted into a right back by uh, Dennis Renault, and he's just come on leaps and bounds this season. He's surging runs from right back. He's got uh, a free kick in him as well. And he it just keeps getting better and better, and he's only 20 years of 20 years of age. I mean, I'd be very interested to see whether he continues down his career path as a right back, or he, or he switches back to centre mid at some point. But but at the moment, I think he's the best fullback in the league. All right, uh, Max. What about or well, Will? Sorry, what about yourself? Oh uh, yeah, mine's. Uh... Mine's a similar sort of thing in terms of age. Mine's I'm actually going for a bit of a rogue shout just because of my love for Neem. It's a Sofiane Alakouche. Um, he came only came in the side in on the last game before the um, for the winter break. Um, he's just come from strength to strength. He's played every game where available. Um, he's received international recognition now for the French um, under 19s. So he's gone away with them. And he, it's weird because he, he's 18 and he's one of those players that when you actually see this guy playing football, it makes you feel old because he looks like someone that you'd just be at school with. Um, he's just—he's really tiny, um, so you think he'll be incredibly lightweight in defence. But he's actually because he's very technically good. He doesn't have like—he's not one of those players where he has to like make up for his own mistakes. And he kind of just anticipates the game very well. Um, and going forward, he's brilliant as well to go in, a, in an attacking Neem side. He gets down the wing very um, a lot during the games. So yeah, for me it's Alakouche, but that's just—that's um, just a bit of a road shout. So again, right back was one where I was pretty happy to just let Max or Steve have their own shout on it. All right, Steve. Do you have a different uh, option than either of these two players, or? Well, I've got to be honest. If I was to produce a formation for best team of the year, I would actually go three-five-two. I don't believe there's any really brilliant left or right backs in this league this season, so mm. it's a difficult one. Um, yeah. God, I mean, if I had to stick a name on there, maybe you could say Gaetan Balor at Brest, but I don't really have a strong feel either way. Interesting, you mentioned um, Sofiane Alakouch there, Will. Got to say, he has uh, come on from strength to strength, hasn't he? Um, and the mm. two games he missed recently, I think they the one game they lost was at Sosho. He didn't play in it, I don't think. And yeah, that's uh, right, yeah. so, um, yeah, they, they certainly missed him there. Difficult one. I mean, I, I think I'd be happy with either of them two guys in the team. And also, it's nice to to get some of the sort of less uh, fancied um, teams uh, sort of noted on the scoreboard here. I mean, it would be nice to get a Neor player in there, for example, because they're a bit of a, you know, um, a team that's uh, underrated in a way. Yeah, I was going to say, having actually seen Sambia, uh, I, I did watch two of New York's Cup matches, and he was someone that impressed me both against PSG and uh, what was the other match that I saw them in against Saragamin. I know that's an amateur side, but uh, I would have to agree. He's he's a very physically imposing player, and his, his pace and energy is kind of a, I don't know, maybe, I don't, I don't want to sound crass with this, but maybe it's a Sissoko, but with a little bit more quality on the ball. Just yeah, I mean, the first time he put one of those free kicks away, I, I, 
I was a bit taken aback, but then he's he proved it wasn't a fluke as well. He's, he's added a couple more, so he's obviously got real technical quality as well. So we can go for Sambia as our consensus? I don't really mind, to be honest. I think... Yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy with so their center backs, uh, just a little bit in terms of the format, uh, just to get each pick two, and then we'll see if, see if we can form a consensus out of that. Max, I'll start with you. Um, I've gone for Khaled Adenon of Amion. Uh, as he was last season, being a rock at the back again this season. Um, as I said before, one of the keys to their strengths is having a core, a group of players that they've kept together from last season, and and he's the main man at the back. And the other one I've gone for is uh, son of Nimes. They obviously get a lot of credit for their attacking football, but I mean, you, uh, you, you don't finish that high up the table if you haven't got a few good defenders as well, and he's the linchpin of their defence. So my two picks for that position are Adelon and Briantzon. Okay. And well, what about yourself? Yeah, that's quite handy that Max has picked Brian Song because he was my first pick as well. I think, um, I think unfortunately, unless Neem go up, he's going to be off um, packing his bags to Ligue 1. Um, yeah, he's just been ever-present in the defence with Fetty Harrick, but Harrick's considerably older. He's 12 years older. Um, Brian Song also really likes getting forward for corners and free kicks, and I think he's notched a few this season as well, which is uh, notably scored late on when Neem were down to 10 men, as they seem to be for about 80% of the time this season. I think they've had about 11 red cards. Um, but they, they, that seems to be no problem for them. They just handled the adversity well. And, yeah, he scored the equaliser away at Rams. Um, and, yeah, he's just been, as Max said, he's only 22 years of age, but he's already got a hell of a lot of league door appearances, which generally, even across the continent, if you do that in England, you see with young English players like Nathaniel Klein, for example, another defender. He stayed at my team, Palace, for 200-odd appearances and then went off to the, got a move at the right time. And you see how he's flourishing now. So... I think the same thing's going to happen with Brownson. Um, unfortunately for Neem, unless he's off, unless they um, don't get promoted. Um, and then, yeah, the second one, as I said earlier, is uh, Julien Jonvier. Um, despite Rams being much maligned this season and having a poor season by their standards, definitely he's just been, um, he's just a rock. He's an absolute tank at the back, always so cool and composed on the ball. Um, in fact, it could have been either, either him or Anthony Weber because um, they've both been excellent. In um, Nima, uh, sorry, Rams have had one of the best defenses in the league, despite having been so poor in front of goal. So yeah, Jean Vier and uh, Brianson, my two picks. All right, Steve. Well, I think there's a lot of good centre backs in uh, in league. Two. It's quite hard to leave um, a few out, really. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give a mention to um, Adolf Teku from Sochaux. I think personally, is probably the best centre back in the league. Uh, when he plays in that team, they are far more solid. Uh, when he's out of it, for example, uh, yeah, he's played 18 games for them and they've only conceded 13 goals and three defeats in that period. In the games that he's missed, they conceded 23 goals and had nine defeats. So he's a huge, huge player and he was brilliant in the African Nations Cup. I know that shouldn't actually impact this particular team, but, you know, he's won an African Nations Cup with uh, Cameroon. I thought he was one of the best players in that tournament as well. So for me... I would have to have um, Adolf Tekiu in there. And my second pick is also Julian Jonvier. I agree with Will there. I think he's been a really, really solid player. Again, they're another team when he doesn't play for them, they are a lot more porous. And um, Rams started the season pretty well, but they the, the started the rock for them. 
sort of uh, back end of autumn and he missed a couple of games against Laval and Nimes and they lost those. Um, it was quite noticeable how poor they were without him. And also, you know, he just uh, chip in with the odd goal or two. Um, I, I always like a centre-back who can come up with the uh, crucial goal or two, actually. So, you know, I think there's a lot of good ones in the league. Honourable mention to Dusan's for Tidimic as well and probably Stephen Fortes from Le Havre. Uh, but my two picks would be Julian Jonvier and uh, Adolf Tecchio. All right. So, Brian Sands seems to have earned quite, quite a bit of praise from you, gents. Uh, for the second pick, we've got two of you have nominated uh, Jean-Vier, one of you has nominated Taiku, one of you has nominated Adenon. Does anybody have strong opinions one way or the other about the rest of these? I, I personally agree with Steve. I thought Taiku was fantastic at AFCON. I did watch quite a bit of that tournament, uh, if not just about all of it. But again, we can't let that influence our, our decisions when it comes to League 2. Yeah, I think Taiku going to be my... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I mean, we've probably got to go with the consensus, really. I mean, two of us have gone for Jean-Vier and two of us have gone for Brianson, so it's probably fair that those two go in the side. All right. I have to agree with that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so for left-back, let's let's start with you, Max. So for left-back, I've gone for Bakai Debati of Amiens. Uh, start of the season at left-back, he's switched to centre-back re uh, recently, but he seems equally adept in both positions and again he's been a, a, a big part of their defence and Steve will like him because he chips in with a goal too, he's got five this season for defence which is pretty impressive as well so the kind of bases for me. Okay, Will? Uh, yeah, again what with what Steve said, there's not too many, uh, we're not too blessed with too many um, fullbacks in the league just things I think a lot of the play is quite drab, as many people were saying, sort of goes through goes through the middle and the centre-backs get all the glory. But the one that I would go for um, is uh, Vital and Simba from uh, Bordeaux Brest. Um, he is now received international recognition um, for Dr. Congo. I don't think he's actually played any minutes for them then, but he's going away with squads. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he certainly sort of start, he's been with Borg for their, their whole journey in the last few years. He's actually injured at the moment. So um, that's actually affects them because they don't actually have any proper fullbacks, which is quite bad for their recruitment. But he has, whenever they play, whenever he plays, sorry, they look far better. They look far more balanced because they kind of overload on right-sided players. Um, and when he plays, he also gives them another attacking element down the left. So, yeah, for me, it's in Simba. But as I say, I'm not too ardent on that one just because there aren't too many good fullbacks in the league. All right. Steve? Yeah, tricky one, really. Um, you could cheat and maybe put Saliu Cease in there from Valencian, but he's been playing on the left wing a lot this year. Um, I would maybe say Furlong Mendy from Le Havre. Um, they do have the best defence in the league statistically, so it'd be nice to maybe get one of their players in the team. But uh, I don't really have a strong opinion here. I think um, Max makes a good point with uh, Debassi there. And, and Vital and Simba's been pretty solid for, for Borg in the, in the last couple of years. So, yeah, I don't think there's a standout star here, to be honest, Eric. It's a difficult one. All right, we'll go with Debassi for the, the time being. Uh, there's unless there's any strong objections to that. Mendy's a player I've seen play as well, and he's been linked with moves away. But I was curious and did manage to watch some of his uh, highlights and stuff on Y Scout. But um, I'll take your y'all's opinion on that as you are more frequent observers than I. I'll just mention that Mendy was probably the, the, the next on my list after Devasi, so he, he's one I was strongly considering as well. Will, any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm happy to, to go with the boys there just because I, I, okay. I was kind of clutching at straws when I picked my one, so I was happy for that one. And because 
board really haven't um, haven't overexcelled themselves this season. So yeah, completely happy with that. All right, so Mendy it is. So uh, we've opted for a four-three-three, but this is sort of a uh, you know waffling formation. So what I'd ask, like to ask each of you to do is pick three midfielders uh, and then three attackers. And there's and whether an attacker to you is a right-sided player on a four-four-two or a right or a, a center or a center forward in a four-three-three doesn't really matter. Uh, we've we've all seen the keeps teams of the week, and I think that. <laughs> You know, whether some of those teams would actually work on the pitch given the balance between attacking and defensive players is another question. Uh, so with that in mind, um, well, let's, what is what would be your three midfielders then, Max? Slightly, um, and have a, a wild, wide midfielder as, as one of my three, but um, I'm going to pick uh, Benjamin Neve of Troyes, uh, the evergreen 40-year-old who is influential as ever at this level. You can see it when, when they play at home, he just completely controls the game. He's replicating it away from home, but at home particularly, he's just completely controlling. And a big reason Nian's got so many goals is uh, he gets uh, from Levi. So he's number one. Uh, Bostock's another uh, kind of shooing for player of the year at one stage, but he's kind of fallen away a little bit uh, recently. But nonetheless, I still think he did enough in the first half of the season to, to warrant inclusion. Kind of similar to Neve, he plays in that uh, number 10 role and just kind of conducts the play. And then um, my third uh, pick, who is a winger, really, but I had to get him in somehow, is uh, Dennis Boanga of Tor. Um, where they'd be without him, uh, I don't know. But And they really missed him whilst he was at the AFCON, where he was one of Gabon's uh, few shining lights. But since he's come back and since they've uh, changed manager, they've been a completely different side, and yeah, he's the main man to thank for it. Yeah, I, I, Boeing, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, as a play, I, I'm still floored that that Lorient loaned him out. Uh, honestly, crazy. I, crazy yeah. I, I do really wonder. I know Marvo has come on, but you know, I think Boanga in that right side of, of attack would have sued Lorient just fine. I think he certainly has the, the caliber to influence play. And if Lorient do go down, I would be surprised uh, if he went to leave there with them next year. Uh, well, what about what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, as Max has done as well. I'm gonna cheat a little bit, but to be fair, he has playing um, in attacking midfield, so I think I'm I'm allowed sort of justified in including him. It's uh, the first pick at number ten is uh, Khalid Boutayeb. Um Again, another player that went away to Afcon, um, and since he's come back, he's really hit the ground running. He's got eight goals since coming back from Afcon, despite being injured as well, um, and he's just kind of been. So consistent since they've signed him. I think they signed him from uh, Gazaleka Jasio last season, um, and he's just been fantastic this year. When available, he is always on the team sheet. Um, and what um, what Lowry's done in in the last sort of couple of months, actually, he's kind of switching between a four three three and a four four two diamond, which they were using primarily at the start of the season. The diamond, and they switched to a four three three. Had some success for it, but with it, they don't really have many wingers. They've just sort of got mainly central players. And they've put Butaib at um, attacking midfield and they've put Batis Guillam and Jeremy Blyak up front. So you've got him playing behind those two. So it's an incredibly attacking style. And they've got, I think they are the top scorers in the league. So he is my number, um, he is my number 10 there, just in that pick. Just because I think it just speaks for himself. Um, and then the other two, I uh, really didn't want to, much like I, uh, my resentment for Lons, I really didn't want to um, include Bostock. Just because, um, just because of being a being a Palace fan, and my still have disdain for him when he left us when when he was 16 and thought he could go on to 
pastures new and obviously spent his spent sort of three or four years traveling around the world and then he's finally i think obviously now he's he's found his level and he probably will play in league and but um yeah bostock's got to be in there just because of max says in the first half of the season he was absolutely exceptional looked to cut above just dictating the play goals and assists galore um and just alongside him actually his teammate benjamin burjo um he's kind of stolen the limelight from Bostock, bostock sorry in the last couple of months and um, bostock as max said has tailed off with a couple of knocks and his influence has waned while burjo has stepped up to the mark and he's now been linked with um with nice amongst other clubs i think it was Last season it was Bourgeois and Cyprian and um, can't remember the, the the other guy that went to Mainz. Um, it was a trio of those three in, in um, central midfield, and two of them yeah. got picked off. And, and I think, unfortunately, Bourgeois was going to follow suit unless Nien get Ernest Lon sorry get promoted. So, yeah, sorry Adam just reminded me it was your Baban who went to um, who went to Mainz. Um, thanks Adam. So yeah, it's going to be Bourgeois, um, Bostock, and Butayeb in the middle for me. All right, Steve. Yeah, let's start with the obvious one, John Bostock. I think he's been one of the best players in the league this year. Um, just a pure engine, box-to-box midfielder. Um, and yeah, in that first half of the uh, campaign, he was uh, simply superb. He has to make the team. Um, not much else to, to add there, really. Um, my second pick is actually going to be a Neen player, Tehi Savanier. I think he's um, been a bit under the radar this year with um, 11 assists and 7 goals. Um, he actually was suspended a lot earlier in the season too. So um, he's only had 28 games to actually do this in. A bit of an underrated player, really. He can play all over the shop as well. Um, over the years, he's gone from the wings to centrally, um, even defensive midfield. So, yeah, I think Tay Savanier is worth a go in there. Um, I also have Dennis Bowanga and um, Khaled Boutaib in my team, but not in, in midfield. Um, I would like to actually give a mention to Johan Kaur for GFC Ajaccio. I think he's looked really good, especially since the second uh, half of the season. Um, quite a lot of assists. He's just looked so classy on the ball um, since the winter break. Uh, looks very at ease. He's been toying with some teams. And GFC, uh, quite an exciting team to watch uh, in recent months. And I think uh, Johan Kaur has been one of the main reasons. You could have him left wing, right, right wing. Left midfield, right midfield. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pick um, John Bostock, Tate Savanier, and uh, Johan Kaur for my three man midfield. Right, Bostock seems an obvious consensus there. Uh, Buwanga, how would we feel about including him as one of our forwards? Definitely. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll he should be in the team for me, yeah. 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 I was going to include him on the left anyway, so um, I'm happy to have him wherever. Okay. So, if we're discounting him, uh, We've got Savanier, Borijo, Butai, uh, Court, and Nive. Uh, does anybody want to add something for one of those players that they, they didn't mention themselves? Um, no, I don't think um, particularly. Just I would just say that because obviously we've only got one striker, I think Max has chosen two, but I would say because we've only got one striker, I would kind of press for Butai to be um, in that three, if at all possible, just because we've got... I think Steve and I have done one and Max has done two, but I guess we'll just see how it comes out. Um, I've done the complete opposite um, as, as well. That I've um, I up front, so I think he's oh, definitely okay. going to make it somewhere. So we can we can put it, him up, put him up front. Forget about him in midfield for a minute. But the only reason I did that was struggling to leave out uh, a forward, so I, I put Boanger mm. in midfield. So Let's Blanca, see what the forwards are, yeah. Well, you can stay. Let's see what the forwards are. We can come back, can we? All right. Let's 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 look at the our attacking players then, Max. What are the who are the three you've picked? 
Okay, so yeah, my whole, my whole thinking about Wanger is in the midfield, so I could get the trio of uh, Nian, Butaib, and Aliui in the team. Oh, well, that's... I mean, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I, pretty attacking lineup. Okay. Uh, Will? Yeah, no, that's um, that sounds perfect to me. I think we've just approached it from different different tactical angles, but um, yeah, looks good to me to have those three in because I think you have to have have to have Aliwi, have to have Nian because obviously he's the top scorer. Okay, and Steve? Yeah, obviously Adam and Nian. I mean, twenty-two goals. Um, I mean, Chua only scored fifty, so he's nearly got half their goals. He's obviously the no-brainer selection. He'll probably get Player of the Year. Um, and then, yeah, Ali Wee and Boutte, they have to be in the team in some form because they've been so good. Um, just a question of where you put them, really. So, I mean, I could I could see Will's point of view there, putting Boutte in, in attacking midfield. You know, that would maybe work quite well. Yeah, so if, we would, say, would... if we say midfield with Bostock, Boutte and one more, and then we can say Nian, Buanga and Ali Wee up front. Okay. Any objections mm. to that? Yeah, sounds all right, that Eric. That sounds right. good. That one, one more midfielder. Do we want someone that is controlling the ball more to make this make sense tactically, either Court or Borijo, or yeah, we, we might need someone who's going to sit back a bit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rather than just sort of struggling on. in this line, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Bench midfielder in there, don't we? How about someone like I don't know, Gasuma, Fafana, maybe. Paul Conduit's been better than him at the end, so I would love to have him ahead of, ahead of the, the captain there. But surely no love for Benjamin Neve. Come on. <laughs> we've, got about, we've got about eight number 10s in there. We do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, Neve's got to be mentioned. He's, a, he's an absolute legend, 40 years right. old for what he's doing. I mean, but... <laughs> this can be a Barcelona-style 4-3-3. We can do Bostock, Boutaib, and Neve. In, in our lineup, then. So, just to recap, our team we have uh, was a tough decision between Farnall and Hartok, but we have Hartok in goal, uh, Sambia of New York at right back, our center backs are Jean Vier of Reims and Briançon of Nîmes. At left back, we have Mendy from Lave. In midfield, we have Jean Bostock, Kelly Boutaib, and Benjamin Nive. And up front, we have Adamanian, Kelly Boutaib. Oh, sorry, we have, we have uh, Adamanian, Kelly Boutaib, and uh, sorry. One more time. We have Adam and Jan, Rashid Aliwai, and Dennis Bowanga as our attack. My apologies. Does that sound all right to you, gents? Any other yeah, players yeah. That, you, that didn't make the cut you'd like to mention? Uh, I think we've mentioned them all, really. Yeah, they've really right. been pretty comprehensive. I, just, I, think this, uh, I think this team would be interested in League 2, actually. I think it could go one or two ways. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's got a fire path, so. Yeah, 70 exactly. scored, 65 conceded, or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's uh, fine. So to conclude, uh, Player of the Year, the NFP have offered up the ageless Benjamin Nive, Jean Bostock, Adam Nian, and Rashid Aliwai. Uh, anyone missing from that shortlist, and who would you have, starting with Steve? Um, I think it's between John Bostock and Adam and Niane, and knowing how these awards work, probably Niane will get it, especially if he got 25 goals. Um, yeah, it's not a bad list, really. I mean, you could always make a case for two or three more to come into it. But uh, I say, for me, Bostock and, and Niano have been the two best players. All right. Max? Um, it's got to be Niano, hasn't it? I mean, 22 goals, five assists. That that sort of contribution is massive at this level. The one player I think probably should have been, well, well could have been nominated was Butai. All right. And Will, any additions or... Dissent in terms of Neon 
taking no, out I'll, um, I'll agree with uh, Nian just because obviously scoring that many goals I think um, Diedu did it for um, Clermont last year but scoring that many goals at that rate as well I think he scored them all pretty quickly um, kind of hit the ground running and he scored the rate he scored them at is ridiculous so it would have to be him but I would say for me just from a, from watching him personally all season until he got injured Rashid Eloi has just been fantastic to watch he's just gung-ho shoots from everywhere incredibly quick brilliant feet so he would be a close second for me yeah, I, I will say too, for those of you who aren't that familiar with Ligue 2, it is often the case that the leading scorer in the division has considerably less goals than the leading scorer in Ligue 1. So it's a little bit more defensively oriented league. So Neon's achievement is really pretty impressive in terms of raw numbers, even if he has cooled off a little bit in the second half of the season. Uh, finally, just with a little shorter on time, I, I did I skip a question we had about the playoffs. Um, who is best equipped to stay in Ligue 1 and become established should they get promoted? Ange did really well with this, uh, with with a strategy of candy bias from fellow league sides, uh, but this season's three promoted sides have struggled pretty mightily. Uh, so, which just one team you think has a good chance of going up that would be, do a good job in establishing themselves, uh, a la Ange? Max, I'll start with you. It's a it's a pretty difficult question because it I mean it obviously all um, relies on whether that team that goes up keeps the players that. Uh, got them there. I, I would go for Strasbourg because I think they've, they showed when they got promoted last season that they they recu recruited really smartly. They got in players that knew the division and they got in uh, some good experience and if they can do the same again if they got to Ligue 1 uh, then they'll have a good chance of staying up there as well. All right. Well, uh, yeah, things, um, unfortunately, we're going to have boring consensus. I totally agree, just um, from a point of view of recruitment, as Max said. I think they made about seven or eight signings, and you looked at all of the signings, and you thought, yeah, they're all, they're all, they all make sense. And going into Ligue 1, if they can, get, they can carry on as they are now, they're in superb form. It's completely in their hands whether they go up or not. They're, just, um, they're tied on goal difference with second-place breasts. So as long as they can get up, they've got the financial power as well, obviously being um, historical historical name in France no one's going to sort of um, frown at the possibility of going to Strasbourg and they've got they've got a lot of backing I think the chairman's called uh, Marcel Keller and he seems to have given Lowry um, last summer certainly a hell of a lot of money and I imagine that if they get promoted now he'll do the exact same and you could you could again see it as long as they keep the general call there if they kept Boutet if they kept Dimitri Linard if they kept uh, Alujo Baptiste Guillaume for example as well as a player that's come on leaps and bounds they, they keep that general core and, and recruit well I see no reason why they can't certainly finish in, in the bottom half of, of Ligue 1 Alright Steve Yeah I think the bigger clubs have a better chance of um, doing well in Liga. I mean look at what the three that came up this time and uh, Mets are certainly the bigger of the three. And they, at the moment, they've done the best, haven't they? So I would have to say Strasbourg or, or Lons would have the best chance. Uh, Strasbourg obviously have more. They're in a better financial position. So I, I could see them coming up and finishing sort of, um, you know, the, the lower end of mid-table, really. I think they'd go quite well. All right. Thank you so much for that, gents. We did, we did run a little bit long today, but I appreciate your patience and your knowledge and expertise. Please do uh, follow all these guys on Twitter. Um, Max is at, at FR Football Max. Will is at FR Football Will G. And Steve is at Meatman Soccer. You can also see his betting tips at MeatmanSoccer.com. Uh, once again, thank you so much, guys. Um, and I appreciate your patience bearing with me again. Uh, league does a, a hard league to watch if you're, if you're also watching League. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, 
having another perspective on French football from you all, and we've seen with the number of players that have come through League Deux, that there really is a lot, plenty of reasons to watch this league, and it's great that we've got someone out there, so many people out there that can speak with authority on it. Um, so thanks again, gents. Uh, hope to have you on no again, maybe to preview the, the season uh, come July or August. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Eric. See you guys. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. All right. Now, let's bring in Adam. Adam's been waiting patiently here for our slightly overrun league dis uh, discussion. Uh, so look forward, look forward to the weekend. How are you doing, Adam? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eric. How are you? Good. Thank you for your patience today. Uh, no worries. Before we get started, I wanted to get your take on the UNFP nominees. Uh, just yes. to recap, we have uh, Cyprian, Lamar, Mbappe, and Rabio for young player. Any objections to that, and who do you think would win? Yes, I think I've been looking at them sort of as a whole um, for the last sort of for the last day or so since they came out this morning. And I think it's, uh, there's one problem with them on the whole. On the whole, they're very PSG centric, which is nothing new with this sort of award. But there's a lot of PSG influences that I don't think are really deserved. I think a young player, I think Cyprian, Lamar, and Mbappe, 100%, fair enough. But with Rabiot, I, I, I've I've never been his biggest fan anyway, so perhaps I'm a little bit biased in this regard. But I, I don't know that he's had the season that other players have had that perhaps might deserve a deserve a sort of a shout in the in the top four players. You look how well Valentine Vada's come through at Bordeaux. He's been absolutely fantastic for for a long time. Malcolm and Kamana have been brilliant there too. Even if you look at Toulouse, um, uh, Alexis Blanc and, and Issa Diol have been absolutely fantastic this season. Really broken through. Really exciting young players. Maxine Lopez. I think all of those players have had much better seasons than Rabio, so I, I think that's a little bit of PSG bias on the UNFP's part. So, but the other three, fair enough. And I, I, Tom Lamar has been outrageously good the whole season long. I know Mbappe's had a tremendous impact since, since sort of sort of November time. He's been he's been absolutely brilliant. But if we're looking at a whole season, I, I my pick would be Lamar there. I think it's hard to disagree with any of your sentiments there. Uh, Rabio also did miss quite a bit of time through injury, uh, mm. but. Uh, for me, I did think that PSG suffered without him. They suffered without his dynamism. And he, again, a little bit of bias there. I think also perhaps the fact that he has earned caps with the, with the senior national team uh, could also be influencing uh, the votes there. Uh, mm. Best overseas player, N'Golo Kante, Antoine Griezmann, Usman Dembele, Karim Benzema. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Again, I think it's three are fair enough, but I don't know how Benzema snuck in there. I, I, I think the other three are, are, are obviously obvious choices, but from from Benzema's point of view, he's had a very average season for Real Madrid, and it seems that he's in there because he's carrying Benzema. I don't think he really deserves to be in there, but I'm not sure you could you could overlook. Well, it's I think it's very close. Kante has been possibly the best player in his position in the world this year. He's been absolutely fantastic for Chelsea. Like it's having it's like having two men. As Ranieri famously said last season, that he he wouldn't be surprised if he swam across the ball in the head in himself at one point for Leicester, and that's kind of been the case for Chelsea. But Griezmann's been not been very very good as well. Leicester Madrid haven't been as good as they have been in previous seasons, or at least so they haven't played with as much intensity and they've relied a little bit more on their flair players to win the games. And most of their flair players are Anton Griezmann, so he's really carried them at times this year. So I think it's pretty tight between those two. But given the effect Kante's had, I think you'd have to go to Kante there. All right, hello. The LFP would obviously concur with that. Mm. Uh, for keeper, we've got Daniel Subasic, Anthony Lopez, Kevin Trapp, Baptiste Rene. Nice to see Rene get a shout there as not being one of the fancied sides. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm pretty happy to see Rene in there too. I, but the, the 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 most the biggest sort of gripe gripe I have with this list is that Kevin Trapp has found it into top the top four goalkeepers in in league, and he hasn't even been first choice for much of the season. Okay, 
he's when he's come in, he he's been more solid than he has been in like than he was last year. He hasn't dropped as many crosses. He's made he's a very good shot stopper. He's made one or two very good saves, but he still doesn't look a hundred percent confident. He still looks like he's got a mistake in him. I don't know how he's found it in to the top top four goalkeepers. Um, I think there are a lot of other better options. I know that Sinetian have had a very poor season, but at times Stefan Rufier has saved them on a number of occasions. And I think perhaps you could even argue he's worth been worth five, six, seven, eight points this um, this season for them. So I, I'd like to see him in there, perhaps. And I think Alvin Lafont's had a really, really good season as well, considering his age and he's you know for a goalkeeper, especially to be a teenager and playing in one of the top five leagues in Europe and doing so fantastically well. You know, he's got cat-like reflexes. Um, he's very, very difficult to sort of um, shake. He's very sort of very confident in the way he goes about things. But a little bit rash at times, but, he, you know, he's very young and he'll learn. I personally think he's had a better season than Trapp. So I'm very surprised to see him in there. And out of the four that they've, they've, they've chosen, I think possibly Rene deserves it. Because uh, I don't know that um, any of them uh, overall have had, had the best of years. I know Lopez is, and, and Subasic have been fine, but that I can point to, especially Subasic, you can point to mistakes he's made in the Champions League. And I know it's a league and award but even so I think he's not as been as solid as, as you would hope so I think Rene deserves it there yeah I would actually have to concur with that uh, out of the nominees that are mentioned I think that even as a Leon fan I think that he's been less than his best this year and I think Subasic hasn't been quite as good as he's been in previous seasons as well Kevin Trapp I, I think is part of a, a mix of a number of players Yohan Cardinal could be in there too Ruffier uh, Alban Lafont that are Right on that edge, I think that there's really, you know, perhaps any number of four or five keepers you could have in that in that spot. Mm. Uh, it's a bit of a muddle, but yeah, I think Rainey. I wrote a piece on him for the for the site a few weeks ago as being one of the as being one of the most underrated keepers in in the league. I mean, he's gone through some promotions, relegations, Ligue 2, Ligue 1, but he's persevered to become a really impressive keeper. And I, I you know, do wonder whether he wouldn't uh, be staying in Ligue 1 if his club don't. Uh, manager of the year. We, yeah, definitely. We've got Unai Emery, Lucien Favre, Justin Gorvanek, and Leonardo Jardim. Uh, I think one of those, as, as the kids show would say, which one of these doesn't belong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's, it sticks out. Emery sticks out a bit like a sore thumb there. And again, it's a very PSG-centric list, and I'm not really sure why. They've had an average season at best. They've humiliated the Champions League, and Emery, if they... There was a game against Lorient before Christmas. They won it five 0 to be fair. But if they'd lost that game, I think he would have lost his job. And you know, he's been on he's been on sort of the brink of in in you know in terms of his in terms of his credibility as PSG manager at least, given the way they've played at certain times this season at, at many points throughout the year. So how he's one of the best four managers in league, and given that they won the league by thirty one points last year and are now three points by Monaco. Or they're very much in a fight to win the league. Or Monaco have been fantastic, of course. You know, there's a little bit of a caveat to that. But it's been a step back this year for PSG. There's no way to look past it. Blanc did, as far as this year's concerned, Blanc did a better job last year. So I don't know how Emery's found his way into there. But the other three, I think, are very much deserved. Um, who I would place Emery in that in that four with, I think. I know, again, uh, people listening to the pod will know that I'm a bit of a Toulouse fan. But when you look at the last three seasons and how close they were to being relegated, and the work Pascal de Praz has done to get them into comfy mid-table, had an outside shot at Europe. He's brought through loads of young players. They've beaten PSG and Monaco at home this year. I, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him in there. Conseil South had a brilliant impact at, at Nantes since Christmas and really turned them around. And really, you know, they're sort of a top eight team now. Um, Stefan Moulin rescued Angers. We talked about on the pod 
um, around Christmas time, we've we sort of we sort of had the mods on to be relegated. We sort of really worried about them, and they're comfortably mid table now too. They've really pushed on. And if Bernard somehow managed to save Lorient, that that's a verging on a miracle given when they were that, that where they were in that game against Nancy when they were six points adrift and two 0 down with fifteen minutes to go, and eventually won that game three two and are now out of the relegation zone. That's utterly astounding. So I think all of those managers deserve to be in there ahead of ahead of you know Henry personally. Out of the other three, Govanek's done brilliantly well over the last six months or so, really got the best out of his team, bringing through the young players that we've mentioned both on the pod and in our Guardian piece. So I like to see him in there, he's really good, but I think he's got to go to either Jardim or Favre. And I, personally, I think I'd go Favre. I think, although Jardim's been fantastic and he's really changed the style of the way Monaco have played this year, and they've been, really, they've been absolutely brilliant, they've been the most exciting team to watch in Europe this year. But when you look at the resources they have, sort of comparatively, I think Favre has had the most impact on his team. The fact that Nice are still, they're, un, they're obviously unlikely to win the league, but they're in the, they're in the race, you know, up until right, until pretty much right at the end. And if you look at the comparative the money they spend on players and the players they've got in their squad, I think Favre's had a, better, a bigger impact overall. So I'd have to go Lucien Favre there. Yeah, I wholeheartedly concur there. I mean, I know Jardim has done fantastically well, but the financial disparities in, in bringing in the likes of a Benjamin Mendy and a Gibral Sidibe for the money that they cost compared to... Yeah. Remy Walter last last winter, or you know, a player on loan like Pereira or, or bringing Dalbert. I, I think there's there's little there's there's quite a spread there in terms of financial resources. So well, you know, well done, Lucien Favre, for me. Uh, player of the year: Ensign Cavani, Bernardo Silva, Marco Ferrati, and Alexander Lacazette. I think Cavani and Silva are pretty nailed on. The other two, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Adam? I like Lacazette being in there. I think he's actually quietly had a very, very good season. Um, I know he's been a little bit in out of form, but he's, you know, you can't deny how many goals he scored and how clinical he's been. He's uh, even just from the the most the last time I saw him play, which is the Besiktas game. Some of the some of the attacking play and forward play, some of his finishing, some some of his, his movement was was outstanding. So I, I think he's he's at times he's really sort of hit the heights. In terms of his whole career, perhaps he's probably had some of the best performances and some of the sort of the most assured displays of his career this season. I know that there was two seasons ago when they pushed PSG, you know, all the way to the to the end of the league title. They, 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 he was very, very good that year, and, and he, you know that was a real breakthrough season for him. But he's been possibly the most consistent year he's had. So I like that he's in there. Verratti's an interesting one. Since Christmas, he's been utterly unbelievable. He's been so good. Um, against Mets when they won that game three two, PSG were last week. We talked about it last week a little bit. Um, Pichu weren't great, they didn't play real well, but Marco Verratti's passing, his close control, his dribbling was absolutely sub- sublime. He is Andres Iniesta good when he's when he's on form. I think he's one of the best players in the world on form, and he has been on form since Christmas. So I don't. It depends whether he deserves to be in there given the course of his whole season. He wasn't great before Christmas. He was a bit anonymous before Christmas at times. So I don't. I'm on the fence about him. But there are so many players that could be in there, and you think Fabinho. I, he's he's so crucial for Monaco and. Given how far they've gone in both the both league and then the Champions League, and how much they rely on him in midfield, playing that four four two, which could be quite open with the two centre midfielders, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, you could even have Wayne and Cyprian in, in in that that list too. John Shalseri's not far off, and the turnaround that Falcao's had this this year as well has been has been brilliant. I'd put him on a par of Lacazette in terms of how well they've played and how how much impact they've had on their teams in league. And so I think. It's I'm 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 most most happy with this list than uh, compared to the others, but there are options and. To win it, I think it's it's very difficult to say. I, I think you could go honestly go of any any of the four, but it's between Cavani and, and Silva, isn't it? I I think Cavani has sort of 
grown into this year. He he really didn't start the year as well as perhaps his his record suggested. Um, and now he's a man that they can really rely on, and he has been brilliant, been brilliant since sort of the autumn time. And but I think Bernardo Silva deserves it. I think I, I think the sheer sort of sort of grace he has on the ball, the amount of the amount of assists and goals he scored for Monaco in crucial games, both in the league and in Champions League. I think it's been a real breakthrough year for him, and he's been all year he's been absolutely brilliant. So Bernardo Silva for me. All right, I personally. We'll go for Fabinho. He's not on the list, but I think that the difference between Monaco with him and Monaco without him is really, really stark. Uh, we saw that in the league final and a handful of other matches that he's missing through suspension uh, this, this season. I, I think he, he, has to, he has to make it. He's a little bit more just defensively oriented than some other central midfielders who might have, like a Varati, uh, like a William Cyprian, like a, like a Seri. But I, I think how complete he makes that team and how he knits that 4-4-2 together is a pretty hard to to argue with. Um, yeah. Now we're going to fly through a couple of previews, um, starting with Monaco Toulouse, and that's the early match on Saturday. Adam Toulouse have had a frustrating couple of months. They seem they seem to be putting themselves back together, get back into contention for Europe with the sign of Andy Delors and the run they went on in his first few matches. But they've sort of stuttered of late. Uh, is it time for Pascal Duprat to push further with his use policy? We've already seen him rely heavily on the likes of Jop. Kelvin Amian has, has come into the team for Steve Iago at right back. Uh, the two young midfielders, Bodiger and, and Bland, have had decent seasons. But we should be, we see him push this even more. Uh, I'm looking at the likes of players like Mati Cafaro, Dori Lukibiaco, Ibrahim Sangare. Yeah, I, I think there's there's scope to to, um, to push it. I, I think he's a, he's a type of manager that you can get the best out of young players and really develop them in in both in in their careers, you know, the he type manager that will bring young players on. But I think with Toulouse, they need to strike a balance. I think he's done that since he arrived at the club. He's brought young players through, yes, but he's also relied on players like Oscar Trey, who's been been brilliant this season. Martin Braithwaite as well, and you know, Christoph Julians, even though he's come in this year, but he's twenty four, so he's not necessarily a young player. Um, and those, those sort of players, he's he's really made the most of too. So I think he needs to strike the balance, and you can't necessarily bring the young players through just on a whim they have to be the they have to be the right time for them they have to be at the right stage in their career it has to be they have to be good enough you know they have to be able to handle being making that step up and i think the Praz would perhaps bring a few more players through if he could and he has sort of tried to that season we've seen clement michelin at left back come in um and, and a few others as well in, in midfield sort of jesse p was brought in he's 23 and he, he he's relatively young too from from twilight season sankara he's got a couple of games and looked look good in midfield i think with Cafro, i think he may have uh, may have been uh, sort of sacked as part of that uh, Odson Edward situation, so I think he may not even be at the club anymore. But um, there's so there's, there is a few players around, but I think the Pres would only start to bring those players through if if, if he saw fit. I and mean, perhaps I don't think he he sees a place for any of those players in the team just yet. Perhaps there's a few more um, in the reserves that will that will push on next season. He sort of comes in because we came in waves, and you think that first sort of. When he arrived, he sort of brought through Blan and Diop and uh, and Bodiger, and then this season a few more broke in, like I mentioned, Michelin and obviously Amian at fullback. So maybe next season he's sort of biding his time a little bit, and they'll, they'll come through then and really challenge those those sort of more established players in the team. So I think in terms of balance, he's he's pretty much got it got it right. As we, you said about Andy Delors coming in, really gave them a shot in the, arm, in the arm over 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 the winter, which they really needed, and they have sort of somewhat trailed off a little bit. They they got a good draw against Nice last weekend. And I thought they played pretty well. In, in that game, unlucky to lose a, a gang on the week before, drew with Marseille as well. So that they're not not terrible results. One at Montpellier, they played well in that game too. 
So the form is up and down, but I think given when you think about where they've come from and, and where they are now, they'll be extremely happy with this season. So I think I'm, I have confidence that Prowse has, has got the balance right and I expect to see more young players come into the team next year and I, hopefully Toulouse will have just as good a season. All right, score prediction from you? Oh, uh, Toulouse are terrible away from home. Absolutely terrible most of the time. They're very, very good at home, as I mentioned. They beat PSG and Monaco at home, but away, I, I think 4-0 Monaco. All right, I'll go for 3-0. Uh, Montpellier are hosting Leo. Uh, both of these teams have pretty much pulled clear of relegation after struggling at times and being in or near the relegation zone uh, around the winter transfer window. Uh, but they've done this through a more attack-minded philosophy, both of them, which I think is nice to see. Uh, but given Lille's cadre of loan players and winter signings uh, and Montpellier not having much to play for and looking like they might get picked over in the summer, as they often do, uh, who has more motivation for this encounter? I think it's it's relatively equal. Uh, I, I, I think Lille are slightly low in the table. They're what, on 37 points, I think. So they're not entirely safe from relegation just yet. So you would think that um, Frank Passy is going to be sort of, you know, trying to make sure they stay same division. They're on, oh, they're on 40 points, my apologies. They're on 40 and Montpellier are on, on 39. So I still think it's relatively even, and I don't think either side are, are, are safe just yet. So I think both would probably need one more win or Lille perhaps need one more point to, to, to be sure of survival. I don't see um, Marcelo Bielsa managing in, in Ligue 2 next year. So I think Lille will probably have slightly more motivation coming into this one. I agree with you that they have sort of been a little bit more attacking. They've, they've also brought for a few young players and it's an interesting situation there to see what will happen next year. Which of these players, one, Bielsa has had hand in signing and because you've, as you said, they signed seven players on deadline day as soon as uh, Jared Lopez's uh, tenure at the club was confirmed. They went out and spent, and spent various, you know, money on seven, seven players on, on deadline day. Who, who, who of those players was Duprez's idea? And which of the current players is he like? And which of those two groups is he going to keep? So I think there's questions at Lille. And I think as a result, they, th this team are kind of playing for their place at the club, if you like, a little bit more. Montpellier, perhaps, as you mentioned, they might get picked over in the summer. But, and they might be playing for a move. I think Riyad Boudabouz, if, he, if he's there next season, it'd be an absolute miracle. But there are a few others there as well, perhaps looking for a move. So I think a lot of the, both teams are playing for, you know, at least areas of these teams or players within these teams are playing for their future either this club or, or another club. So I imagine that there'll be certain individuals who will be, you know, pretty well motivated to, to put in performance. But I think, you know, a draw probably keeps both these teams in the division for sure. So it might end up being relatively, you can, you can, it's one of those league and games you can see being low scoring. So um, I think on the whole, there's areas where, you know, players are going to look to impress, but, um, I think the priority for them both is to, to, to assure themselves of, of league and survival. All right, I'll go with the 2-1 Montpellier when they, they tend to play quite a bit better at home. We were a little dicey on the road at times. What will be your prediction? I'm going to go nil-nil. Nil-nil, all right. I'll be, I'll be at build-up about attacking play. does not seem to have phased you in that prediction. Uh, let's conclude <laughs> the, the program. Again, sorry we're a little bit over time here, but PSG are away to Nice. Uh, PSG played a full-strength side in the Coupe de France, but given Monaco all but abdicated in that match. Uh, is that a mistake from Unai Emery? Nice do have some injuries. Looks like Maxime Marchand is also out for the season, uh, but Paul Bice will probably come in for him. Uh, they're still a tricky proposition, as we've seen. Um, do do PSG need to be worried about this match, or are Nice going to have their feet up after recording some disappointing draws recently? I don't think that 
they'll have their feet up just yet. I know that it's very unlikely they're going to they're going to they're going to challenge us four games to go to six points behind. Monaco have got a game in hand, so you know they're 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 on the verge of being out of it really. But I think this is still a prestige game for Leo, for Nice. Sorry, I I think coming into this weekend they'll want to still have an impact on the title race. And who knows, they could pit PSG to second with a win, win here, which would be an unbelievable achievement for Nice to finish above PSG. Um, so I think this, they're still going to be up for this game with, with, with PSG coming, coming to them. And they had a very, very exciting two-all draw at, at the Parc de France earlier in the year. So I think that uh, there's no way Lucien Favre is going to let his side rest on their laurels a little bit for, the, for this game. I, I think they'll, they'll be very, very excited coming into this this weekend and really look to put in a performance and, and you know, they're not out of it just yet. And Monaco could get distracted by the Champions League. If they beat PSG, PSG could could lose their nerve a little bit given the, the, the up and down season they've had. Perhaps there's there's already changes in, in the background. Perhaps there's a, there's, a, there's a possibility that they could be destabilised with players already sort of making noises about perhaps a few moving on in the summer. So, there's, there's, you know, there's not it's not beyond the rounds of possibility that they could they could cause an upset and, you know, get in amongst the top two. It's unlikely, but it's, it's still still a little bit, there's a little bit of possibility there. And they've got nothing to lose, at least. They're, they're you know, they're definitely finishing third this year, at least, whatever happens, and they, they might as well give it all. They've got no cut competitions to worry about. You know, they, they're, they're still very good at home, so, and they'll want to they'll prove themselves against what is normally the best team in the league. So I think, from that point of view, they'll, they'll be up for this game. In terms of Emery's selection in, in the week, I think, he kind of had already planned to play this team that he played last night um, in this game, assuming that Monaco would go full strength, which, you know, is, it was a sort of a minor surprise that they rested so many players. Perhaps a bigger surprise that they rested as, as much as they did, which they pretty much played a third-choice team. I think Jardim, we talked a little bit about last week, how, how do they manage these three competitions? And it's clear that Jardim's answer was to sacrifice to keep to France. Um, he could have perhaps rested a few and kept like a relatively strong team, but perhaps he knew that that there wasn't much chance of them winning that game, so there wasn't much point in if if he, if he unless he played a full strength team, of course. So he perhaps just decided to sort of you know completely sack it off and and we'll take the we'll take the breather and we'll we'll we'll, we'll focus on the other two competitions. It's it's also you could argue that it's it's actually quite an astute move from 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 Jardim because if he played a full strength team and they'd lost. There's a sort of a, a shift in confidence and momentum towards PSG in the title race, whereas he can definitely pass this game off, off as a very reasonable decision to 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 rest any players given the 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 priority placed on Champions League and Ligue 1, and he doesn't have to put his first choice team and their reputation or their their confidence in the fire line going to PSG, who are in good form. If they've gone and lost, it might have knocked their confidence a little bit. So he's kind of managed to sidestep that issue a little bit. So I, I think, from his point of view, that was that was pretty astute management and, and a good opportunity to rest his players in the end. Whereas uh, you would have thought Emery might have sort of rested a few as well, and sort of, you know, with Nice at the weekend, which is a big game for them because they have to really retain their title to retain some face after this, you know, humiliating season in the Champions League. So I was a little bit surprised he didn't sort of, you know, uh, counterattack in terms of restings, but it didn't it didn't come to that. So I, I, they they won the game five 0 and they 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 they're very good and. They deserve to be in that final, of course. So I, I think he'd already planned to play this team. So he decided to keep keep his uh, he keeps to stay his course, if you like. So as it could it be a mistake? Maybe. Uh, Nisa will have the advantage in terms of rest and recuperation from the weekend. Um, you imagine a very similar PSG t- team would start on Sunday night. So there is there is that to consider. But I think overall, given they went out to Champions League a little bit while, a while ago, they rotate anyway. You wouldn't hope that fatigue would be too much of an issue for PSG coming into this one. So. It could prove to be, but at the moment, I'd say 
probably not a mistake from Emery's point of view. All right, what would be your score prediction then? I'm going to say one each. All right. I was also going to say that. Uh, I will <laughs> go with – I don't think this is going to be as high scoring and attack-minded as, as the reverse fixture. Uh, so I'll go with a 2-1 PSG win. Uh, that is all for now. Apologies for running a little bit long this week. For Adam White, I've been Eric Devin. Thanks again to our guests. That's Will Gain, Steve Wiss, and Max Quelch-Wools. Do be sure to join us on Monday as we look ahead to Leon and Monaco's European matches and react to Nice PSG. Please do follow us on Twitter at GFFN and visit our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com. Until next Thursday, thank you very much.